Welcome back to the Masters of Recon podcast, your top automotive refinishing podcast with your hosts, Corey Kleinfeld and Ryan Brewer. Enjoy the show, everyone. Welcome back to the Masters of Recon podcast. Today on the podcast, we have a special guest, Noah Hebert, or if you're from Louisiana, it is uh, Bear. I don't know. Welcome. Um, That's perfect. If you have, if you you've all heard his name, and if you don't know the connections, because he um, runs Dent Ops, started about ten years ago, running storms uh, with his with his dad and his family. Uh, so been around the industry for ten years, done all aspects of painless air repair except actually painless air repair. Um, and now he's the owner operator um, of Dent Ops, started in January twenty twenty two. Here to talk about all things insurance and how we get paid for our stuff. Welcome to the show, Noah. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. Okay. So well, I'll start from the beginning. Cool. Been around 10 years. You're all around dense, but never pushing on dense. Um, so tell us a little bit about that and then tell us how you kind of got the idea and started DevOps. Sure. Sure. So um, I started working with my dad in the summer times when I was in high school. I grew up, my dad's been doing this for 27 years, something like that, 27, 28 years. Um, so grew up traveling. Uh, my mom would load me and my siblings up in the camper and we'd go visit dad wherever he was working. He was a hail tech. Um, and so kind of grew, grew up around it by osmosis, learned some stuff in high school, started to learn R&I. And then outside of high school, um, started going to college, uh, community college, learning, learning business. Uh, and then I would travel during the hail season and do R&I, started to branch out on my own um, in networking after traveling with dad a lot. And we'd go work dealerships, body shops, retail PDR shops, um, started branching out on my own, ended up kind of overflowing into the other facets of, of business, whether that's working with uh, insurance companies, insurance adjusters, customers, writing estimates, um, following up, locking up at night, opening up in the morning, doing just kind of everything and, and got to bump shoulders with everyone from, you know, GMs at dealerships to, you know, the owners of body shops and just kind of learning the ropes of everything in general. And fast forward through that whole process, just lots and lots of learning, or I guess during that process, I would build lots of systems to help us to manage workflow, keep track of financials and production and all of that. Um, I have a little bit of a background. I've always enjoyed technology and kind of doing developer coding kind of stuff. Um, so fast forward, learned a lot in that process. One of my biggest frustrations was that it felt like every single time I landed at a new hail deal, it was like we'd have to reinvent the wheel to solve problems that we just solved at the last hail deal. Um, <laughs> and then it ended. Yeah. I'm guessing I don't run hail storms, but it's like you solve them all and then it's like over. It, it, it's over and you go to the next place and they're like, man, we don't know how to, we don't know how to do this one thing, <laughs> but, but it's not like you say, oh yeah, we just solved that problem at the last place. It's like the, the mentality is like, Hey, we have to figure out how to do this again. And that's frustrating to me, especially from a systems perspective mm -hmm. and technology. I'm like, I don't want to have to do that over right. and over and over again. We want to take advantage of this hailstorm. So, sure. um, out of kind of that frustration and just the experiences on the hail trail and with some of my background, that's where DenOps was born. We actually started by building um, like admin and, and CRM ma uh, workflow management systems. It is I, I have a good bit of experience in that area. Uh, started with it. It's actually kind of harder to sell that <laughs> than you would think. Uh, and so another big experience that I had was um, having to do with estimates. In particular, having to do with CCC1 estimates versus mobile tech RX estimates and kind of the, the clicking moment, the aha moment. And I can't tell you how many people have told me, man, that's so cool. I had that idea. I'm so glad somebody finally did. <laughs> so I know it's not necessarily original, but we are one of the first to actually start to implement it. But in a, we would be working in body shops. We'd be doing the PDR in a body shop or there'd be a body shop down the road and we'd write like a six thousand dollar estimate hail estimate or something and then the insurance company would come back at like three thousand dollars and you're like oh, write, write it with mobile tech rx yes and we were when we were writing in mobile tech rx and it's like the age old battle it's like oh it's kind of just what you expect at this point yeah. and then meanwhile the shop we could be literally working in the same body shop they'd write like a twenty thousand dollar estimate in ccc1 hand that over to the insurance company and it's just boom stamp of approval oh, cool. not saying that happens every time but it happened enough times that we're like well what the hell like yeah. our six thousand dollars gets cut in half but your twenty thousand dollars just get boom pushed through there 
so we were like, man, what's what, what's going on with that? So we started actually, you know, writing some estimates in CCC one and saw honestly just that on its own was an instant. It's not everything. It's not everything. But it was there was an instant impact to the amounts we were getting approved for and the amounts that we were, I guess, not getting rejected for. It wasn't six thousand down to three thousand anymore. It was more like six thousand, maybe down to five thousand. And that's a huge, huge no matter how you spin it, like some operations are very much, they'll hit the supplements and they'll follow up and do everything until that thing is approved penny for penny. Mm -hmm. And some shops are just like, Hey man, I really only want to submit one supplement or not even any supplement, whatever they give me is what they're going to give me. And I don't, and we we're, we're just going to move on from there. No matter how you approach it, like that's such a huge time saver, energy saver. Um, that it made sense to start doing that. So, um, yeah. So to clarify for people who don't under, fully understand, I'll, I think mobile techs are mobile tech RX is, I think everybody knows what mobile tech RX is. If you don't, you should probably be using it for your business. Um, mm -hmm. it helps you write estimates, et cetera. CCC one is not the only way body shops, but in, in America, the vast majority of the mm -hmm. way body shops, if you guys have ever been to a body shop to do a job before, and you see that four page breakdown of like left rear door, right front door, hood breakdown and all the different 0.7 for this, 0.2 for that, whatever. That's a CCC one. I don't yeah. know what it stands for even honestly. That, that's the language that they speak. What's it, you don't know either? Yeah, I don't either. Okay, yeah, I don't know. Okay, I so CCC one, um, that's the, the like just like we use Mobile Tech RX, that's what body shops are using to uh, communicate with insurance companies. Yeah. Um, so we're saying CC1, just a different company. way of writing an estimate, essentially. Yeah. So yep. my, my, and I, I think the reason it works is because now you're speaking the same language. You're not saying something in exactly. Spanish and they're like, what the hell is this? Like, I kind of get it, but not really. You're speaking their language much easier for them to understand, interpret, change, approve, whatever. Um, yep. Just out of curiosity, when you were, because we're going to get on this later, but when you were writing those, were you writing them? When you started writing in CCC, were you writing conventional then? Did you switch from price and, or hail matrix to to conventional writing right away? Not uh, not totally. So I learned to write in a body shop that we were working at. I was actually it was it was a job that I was working at with um, with Paul Corden and Tim Corden and and Todd Zimmerman, my dad, and a couple other people. We were working with a body shop and they actually brought me in. It was the first time I worked pale where I wasn't actually doing R and I or anything. They brought me in specifically to go into the uh into the office. front office with them and help them to like put together systems and and just streamline everything. And that's where I learned CCC one with them, working with them for uh for a while where we just dug in and uh they kind of taught me those processes. So we have like a hybrid style of writing. It's like a hybrid of PDR and the collision body shop. Um, which is pretty cool. I think it's it's fairly unique. It's not hard to learn how to use CCC one, but it is hard to learn how to write good estimates. I should say right. how to like, know all the proper procedures. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Look for the procedures and write the procedures and price things out. And that is difficult, and we've done a lot of ongoing training with various estimating courses and classes, live classes in person, all that since since we even started to improve our stuff but that's where i that's where i got started with it um and then ultimately built you know training programs and stuff for for our team and have grown our team since then to to offer it as a full service so i don't write estimates at this point we have teams that write estimates right. so. you had like 16 people or something you're eating well, we have 20 people on our 20? team wow. Wow. 16 <laughs> them are a part of the um of our estimating department all of our team is full-time staff uh and then we have a new claims department that we started um just we launched a month ago something like that two months ago maybe that and we have four people on our claim team and as that service offering grows we'll also expand that team as well That's awesome. are they are they just talk random question are they like working home people or are they all locally with you we're all working from home. We are a 100% virtual company. Yeah. And that's awesome because I feel like there's a lot. I know personally several moms, particularly who work in body shops that would love to, that would love to work from home writing C because they write to C1. They're, they're yeah. uh, estimators. Yeah. Um, so I've had a lot of people to reach to out to me. After, after yeah. Yeah. I've had a lot of people reach yeah. out to me. They're like, hey, do you have any positions? Right. Like, I'd love to, you know, I know how to write in CCC you know it's one of the most interesting things because 
one of the things we found after just hiring, we've we've hired and had to let go of like a decent bit of people just because yeah. that's the way that it works with workforce. Yeah. But um, one of the things that that we found is like with people who are really, really experienced in like writing with body shops, if you send first off, if you send your car to three different body shops or three different PR yeah. companies, you will get different estimates. That's just the nature of it. So we've tried to right. create as uniform of a process as possible that if you did send the car to us, say three times, your estimate that you're going to get back from us is going to be pretty much the same, the exact I mean, same that's, that's, that's every three that's, times. That's, it's it's yeah. a product, right? That's awesome. is really what we're trying to create because it creates consistency for you too when you're trying to negotiate that with the insurance company. But well, we even tell it to the insurance companies like, they're like, this is the price we're paying and we're too high. And I'm like, I say the same thing. You can go to four different body shops and everybody's going to be different. So who's, who's high and who's low? I don't understand that. Yeah. So. Who's, who's right. 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 The insurance it's company. A comparison. Yeah. It's a comparison. Yeah. It's like, you can only say it's low as long as you have something else to, to base it against. Really. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, which yeah. is the interesting thing to think about. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, and so growing, obviously, as more people, hopefully this podcast helps that more people will get stuff written through you guys. Yeah, absolutely. So um, just for everybody listening, I don't I use this on the other side as hail as well. So I don't just use it for hail. Um, I use it for price matching as well. Whenever we're writing big collision damage, you have to be able to justify that price. You can't just throw six thousand dollars on a panel and have no idea how to justify that to the insurance companies. So dent ops can can show you what it costs exactly to either conventionally replace or repair that panel. That way you know how to navigate with the insurance company, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's another way. It's just another way of valuing a repair um, and being able to show them like, this is what it could be at a body shop. And like, we know like all of us in painless and repair, we know all day long that our services, Corey, you mentioned this on our, when, when we chatted last yeah. week, we know all day long that our services are, high and above better than traditional collision. So, so is, our so prices is really, realistically so should be higher, but yeah. the, the, the industry is built around the collision body shop industry. That's what sets the standards. So at least being able to get paid the price of collision, or at least comparing yourself to what the, you know, standard repair standards are currently uh, is really, really important, really, really valuable. Well, insurance companies don't care about, who does the best job to be honest right they're just whoever's cheap they're looking at numbers we're looking at value yep. and that's where we're, it's we're never gonna it's always gonna be a clashing thing yep. so um, exactly to them every repair method is the same outcome it's just a the car leaves the shop and it is quote-unquote fixed yeah it's right. yeah um so that's an interesting thing so um I live on uh, this country. I live in a country you guys may have heard of. It's called California. <laughs> we, we don't follow anything else that the rest of y'all do. We, yeah. we have all of our own rules out here and organizations and everything. So we have an organization in California called uh, the BAR, B-A-R. It's the Bureau of Automotive Repair. Um, from a little bit of research, I understand that other states have a version of some version of this. Um, but in California, it is a pretty big deal i would say mm -hmm. i guess probably more than other states so um you guys know keith cosentino host of the pr college podcast been around for a long time he and i've been talking a little bit about about this lately trying to figure out the best way to do this after calling the bar and other people they're saying that um writing something that is conventional basically with ccc we talked about this the other day but writing mm -hmm. something that's conventional with ccc and then repairing it as painless dent repair is actually, I guess, illegal, fraud, whatever word you want to use. We're not supposed to do that. So I'm curious your take, since you deal with insurance companies 1,000 times more than I do, I guess, to an extent, or maybe even you, Ryan. Um, what's your take on that? Is California special um, in that way or unspecial? Or what, what, do you, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. I, I would say that California is definitely special always, uh, but but... Uh, there are some other states that have rules like that also. Most of the okay. states, is like the state insurance commission is what, what it would be called, is probably the equivalent. Uh, and mm -hmm. it's just kind of the governing body that's in charge of making sure that things are going according to the rules for insurance companies, repairs, so on and so forth. Usually it's like a direct-to-consumer type of uh, uh, an institution. Um, California is unique to a lot of states, not all states, but is unique to a lot of states in that 
they require what we consider um, the repair plan to be the same as the repair estimate. Corey, you and I talked about that a little bit. Difference yeah. between it. When an insurance company, if you were to write your PDR estimate, because this is just kind of a common familiar scenario. If you were to write your PDR estimate and you say, this is exactly what we're going to do, every everything that we're going to do, and you give that to the insurance company and the insurance company decides those numbers are too high and then they switch the things around and they change their estimate and it comes back to you and it looks completely different than yours with a lower number, then what they just gave you is a repair estimate. It is not a repair plan because they're not, they don't get to decide how a vehicle is going to get fixed. So that's the difference between a repair estimate and a repair plan is that a repair estimate is coming up with a number. A repair plan is saying, this is exactly what we're going to do. So insurance companies write repair estimates. They don't write repair plans. So that's just an important thing to keep in mind when, when you're talking about like the conversations, the communications you're having with, with an insurance company. So California, some other states, Montana is one of these states as well. The um, regulation is that your repair estimate and your repair plan must be one in the same. It means that even if that insurance company comes back and they say all oh, these things, they change the whole thing. The insurance company is essentially saying this is how the car should get fixed. This is how the car will get fixed. That doesn't really add up because they don't get to decide how a car is fixed. They're not repairers, right? But that's mm -hmm. them's the rules. Uh, for the states. And so it's like, how do you approach that sort of a situation? Right, that's the next question. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So does that answer your question there? It, I, do, it does. I, I, so we'll dig, I'll dig a little deeper on that too. But the question is, how do you, how do you handle that? And I think our solution has been developed over the last several weeks and, and in conversation with you and Keith and stuff, it seems like writing two different estimates, basically is writing a CCC one estimate so that they can see what the number would be at a yeah. body shop yeah. and then yeah. submitting our mobile tech rx price and then estimate with r and i because the problem with the ccc is it says it says repair refinish uh all this other stuff on there that we're just clearly not doing so we just yeah. all we're doing is taking stuff apart pushing on a dent putting stuff back together so writing ccc1 as a benchmark because like we said earlier what our price doesn't mean anything unless it's compared to something. So yep. if we can write a, a smash repair um, for $2,500 and then come up with a price of date, Mobile Tech RX estimate at $2,200. And this one is our, the Mobile Tech RX is our repair plan. Mm -hmm. Do you think that works? Yeah, yeah. So yes, I do think that that works because yeah. what keeping in mind that the insurance companies are writing repair estimates, right. their conversation that they're having doesn't have anything to do with how the vehicle is actually getting fixed yeah. right just like like we established before that every repair is a means to an end for them it's the vehicle leaving the shop and it's quote unquote fixed right so it doesn't matter to them does not matter how the car actually gets fixed we all feel them. like it should we all feel like it should matter some like somewhat right. but they yeah. do not it do, it's a dollar if they can spend 12 dollars less fine yeah that's it as a side note, I have, I hear so many shops and, and uh, you know, people blow up on Facebook and social media on like the different things like insurance won't pay for this, won't pay for that, won't blah, 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 so on and so forth. This is how you're supposed to do it. The reason that they argue with it over it because they don't care. They do not care how the vehicle is supposed to get fixed. They care about the bottom line on their estimate. So there's that disconnect anyways. So, yeah. Um, so yes, the mobile tech or X estimate in your case, Corey, like you're describing right. your repair plan your your ccc estimate or whatever that is it's breaking down the refinish times all the conventional costs and everything that is a tool to help the insurance company to help the adjuster to justify paying your pdr price it's a tool you're not saying this is how we're fixing the car you're saying here use this i know you need to justify to your superiors they're real people they have that's their job that's all everything that they have to do yeah. here's your justification to give us our numbers we already did the work we already crunched the numbers our situation makes a lot more sense repair is going to be a lot faster you're going to save rental coverage you're going to get the vehicle owners going to be happier because they're going to be back in their car faster because we're fixing it via paintless dent repair that's where you're pulling these extra benefits of pdr they say hey same cost but all these extra benefits makes it so pdr outweighs you know the the conventional in that route so we do a process called conversions in dentop so we're pretty well known for like our scrubs when we're scrubbing the estimates yeah. and and looking for the things that are missing that just aren't even available in mobile tech rx uh and also finding that conventional cost 
If you're familiar with Mobile Tech RX, they have the comparative pricing feature. It's basically just a number that says this is what it costs to conventional. Our scrubs are like a, a like a bat on steroids because we're actually giving an itemized list of everything that goes into that cost, which helps you to justify. It's the same thing that the insurance company's seeing on their end. So it's not like you just pull these numbers out of thin air. And and I I love Mobile Tech RX. I don't have comparative pricing anymore because it, it doesn't it just doesn't work that much. Like yeah. I, I love Mobile Tech RX. I use it. I was I think the thirtieth person to sign up for Mobile Tech RX yeah. in 2012 or whatever. I've used it ever since. Love them. If I call the dealership and ask for a parts price and do some math in my head, my comparative pricing is better than typically theirs. To, for, yeah. to be fair, like yeah. it's just it is. So, but in your version, you're actually going through what uh, a adjuster at a body shop would do. It's like all the different things. Like if you if you have to paint this, then well, you have to take apart the, the molding for the pillar, and you have to take apart the trim on the uh, the lower, mm -hmm. and you like adding all that point three, point one, point one, point whatever until you yep. come up with it. So, and everything um, we add to our estimate, if they were to if they were to start writing the estimate on their side and just go through our line items, it's going to be it's would, going to match up would, perfectly. Yes, it, yes, it, there's yes, no yes. difference. We don't come up with the numbers; they're all part of the CCC database. So, it's that's it's a making big job, and so making the job easier is is ideal. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Sure. It's making their job easier. It's like it, the, when they get a mobile tech or X estimate or or non CCC. Or debt mate, uh, you know, for example, debt mate's an option too. Yeah. Debt mate is an option, yeah. It, it, they will push that to the back of their pile because that's extra work for them. They are yeah. required. They have to put it into their estimating system. They have to. That's yeah. that's a part of their requirement working sure. for the insurance company. So if they can just check, 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 then. Yep, yep. then that's a huge, huge win. But for us, what we do when we scrub something, we write something for conventional, we uh, are able to do, we made it a free, I, I told Corey this because just makes sense, right? So we can convert anything back into PDR so that the repair plan and the repair estimate match. Well, you in California, you're like, hey, our repair plan, ha we have yeah. to present our repair plan and say, okay, fantastic. Well, you still deserve all the conventional money. Now we have an estimate that has all of those hood replacement, fender replacement, so on and so forth and whatnot. But then we have a separate estimate where we converted those operations and we say, okay, it doesn't say conventional. There's no refinish going on here. There's no replacement part. It says paintless dent repair. And you can draw a parallel to that other estimate. Dollar figure at the end of the day matches exactly. We can also apply discounts to it to make it like a very clear no-brainer to the insurance company. Hey, it's yeah. going to repair it for a conventional cost, but we're going to add a $100 discount to it. So it's yeah. like, hey, that's all the justification that they want and that they right. need. They're like better, this. cheaper, check. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, no, that's, I had Noah. I had Noah doing that for me in, in Pennsylvania, where we were applying. Uh, I think it was a five percent discount to each panel, and the insurance company like loved, they loved it. They couldn't that's get enough of it. Right, like fifteen bucks off. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, when you're talking about a forty-eight hundred dollar roof. Um, oh I mean, yeah, back there, back there, yeah, up, right? But do you think that this um, this has anything to do with? the old matrix that obviously is still in place that it's so easy for panels to go off matrix now because they won't nobody's inflating the matrix to what pdr technicians can actually repair so it's like do you get 50 dents on a quarter panel of a truck and it's off matrix right mm -hmm. so and and no pdr guy knows what it actually costs to repair <laughs> or replace that panel so this is why a company like denops is so crucial to find out, you know, which I mean, how much money we were leaving on the table, it's insane. Yeah, yeah it makes me upset, even though, even right. though I don't do a lot of hail, but even just, just in smash stuff, too. So, the, the, the small fee that they're charging for their services, it's like I, I, I would never think that there was too high or never worth it because if you're how not pushing metal, that was 150 bucks. So it's two hundred fifty dollars when we scrub the estimate, but we could yeah. also just put stuff in CC. We can just take like a Mobile Tech or X estimate or Dentmate estimate or any PDR estimate and just put it in CCC one, and that's a hundred dollars. Gotcha. So, but that that's not that's not finding the extra money though. No, it's not no. finding the extra money. Like if it were me personally, I would never do so a that's transition. A, that's in my head. Oh, though. I'm thinking it's a hundred. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's hundred fifty bucks for you to find the extra money. That's where my you do my brain you goes. do those whenever it's not off matrix. Like if if every mm -hmm. panel on the car is on the matrix, it's easier for an insurance company to right. read CCC one. So you pay the hundred bucks and you let them scrub it. like convert it over. No scrubbing. And it, that's it's a lot scrubbing. easier. Yeah, no scrubbing. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's pretty good. And the scrubbing means you're finding all the procedures. 
you know, and you're adding, I mean, the stuff I've sent to you, you're adding like a thousand to 3000, like somewhere in that zone. When I, when I've sent you the, the few that I've done, like you're, yeah. finding, you're, you're not finding like $50 more. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, we, yeah. we crunch a lot of data. And so on yeah. average, actually we track this on a monthly basis on average, we increase estimates by 86% kind of across the board. That's oh an average increase estimates. <laughs> that's and that's actually so so like if you go to our website, we say that we we help you to earn an extra 25% more than what you would have on a, on an insurance claim. But that's just like under. know that that number is like we're not just finding 25% more on your estimate. We're finding on average 86% more on your estimate and then you're going to after all that stuff partly because you know the people who do want to fight, the people who don't want to fight, you're going to average about 25% net revenue more per insurance claim is, is right. where it about where it falls. Very solid. I'll take that. Yeah. Uh, I'll I, I want to point out um, for all the people listening, just so they can get in my head of this discussion, because I feel like the more PDR guys that are educated, we go to Mobile Tech Expo and all that stuff, we can have this conversation. So you're, you're telling me, and, and I, it's true that insurance companies don't tell you repair plan, except for the fact that they do, even though they don't want to tell you that they do, right? <laughs> I mean, they do. Like the biggest case, in, and we talked about this the other day too, the biggest case, the John Eagle case. Yep. The way I understand it, and I guess I could be wrong, I'm not a scholar on it, but John Eagle case, the insurance company told the body shop to bond the roof instead of weld the roof, I believe is the correct words. Mm -hmm. Right. So they did, even though they knew, even though they tried to go back and get paid for welding, I believe it was, but they were like, we don't pay for welding, you have to bond it, which is glue. I think it's a nice way to say glue. Right. Mm -hmm. Blew the roof on, that family gets in a car crash, Essentially, the roof comes off. They all died, if I remember correctly, or almost all of them. I think Maybe. one or two actually survived. Okay, yeah. So that that, I don't, that like I don't remember reading about. Okay, a lot of people either injury and or death, big lawsuit, etc. Who was liable in that situation? The insurance company, right? Nope. Nope. Well, that's because they were DRP. Shot, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Even yeah, even though it was a DRP, even that's even worse, right? So it's fascinating that this. I just say that to prove to you that the insurance system is completely screwed up. It's complete. Mm -hmm. It's a complete disaster in my opinion. Yeah. Um, they totally. don't. They don't tell you repair plans, even though some adjuster who may have two months of experience did tell them the repair plan because they wouldn't pay for the extra. Yeah. Um, and now they killed a the family and it's the body shop's fault. So. Yeah. Yeah, and it's always somebody. It's always somebody who's had, you know, they they they've been an adjuster doing this for sixteen years, and, right, and yeah, yeah. I've been I've been around. Like I know, yeah, I used to be a body guy. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah, um, I grew up in it. So so that so that's interesting. Um, the point being, um, try to fight for try to fight for the proper repair and make it make it say it on that estimate mm -hmm. somehow. Yeah. Um, or don't do it. That should be the that should be the really the bottom line. Like they that body shop should have said. Because the interesting thing is like the repair plan is coming from the manufacturer essentially. Like they're looking at P pages, they're looking at manufacturer, like this roof should be welded on, not glued on. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And the insurance company is saying we're not going to pay for that. Um they should deny they should deny the they should just send the car away. They should just send the car away. Honestly, yeah. the repair pretty, should pretty be well though. Yeah, yeah. So we talked about a little bit difference between if the insurance company is supposed to be paying the the shop or if the customers are supposed to be paying the shop. Ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, like we talked about a little bit last week, Corey, uh, at the end of the day, the vehicle owner is your customer as a repair shop, as a, as a PDR company. And the vehicle owner is also the insurance company's customer. But the insurance company is not your customer at the repair facility. So you're both just working for the vehicle owner. So at the end of the day, realistically, the way that the whole insurance system is designed to function is you're supposed to be working with the customer and you're supposed to say, you're the authority, you're the repairer. You say, this is how we properly repair this vehicle. And this is how much it's going to cost. And you're liable for the cost. And as a part of the insurance company's policy agreement, they are supposed to be responsible for covering the cost of the repair or reimbursing the vehicle owner for that cost of repair over the last however many years it's gotten you know the, the waters have gotten pretty muddied and stuff and now it's the insurance companies working directly with the repair facility whether that's through a drp agreement the direct repair partner agreement 
or that's just us as repairers saying, hey, we're going to take this off your plate, customer. You don't need to talk to your, your insurance company, your agent, your adjuster. We're going to handle it for you. And that's where it actually gives the opportunity for the insurance companies to you know, cut corners and so on and so forth, because now they're actually a part of that conversation. They're a party to the repair conversation, mm -hmm. which they the system's just not designed for it. So you can see where it kind of breaks down and yeah. and uh, causes a lot of strife. <laughs> yeah. And the yeah. only the only in theory solution to that, which is not going to happen, in my opinion, after thinking about it for a week, um, <laughs> is you 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 get the repair, you tell the customer how you're going to fix it. And then you fix it and then you charge the customer $5,000 or $10,000 for their hail claim or $20,000 for their tested quarter panel. Mm -hmm. um, and then they get reimbursed by the insurance company. Yeah. It's too yeah. late for that. I think it's or, or you record, like, I like what you guys are doing with the uh, estimate due, uh, the claims process stuff mm -hmm. um, yeah. where we we move we talk about this in many podcasts but we move so fast as um you know technicians and business owners that we don't record or we don't document anything and how many times have you been in front of a insurance company or on the phone and you said man i wish i was recording that phone wish call right if you were able to have that, Ooh, I would have had a lawsuit. Oh, if you had it, well, all you have to do is go to your insurance commissioner and yeah. say, "Look, this is what we're dealing with on a daily basis with this insurance company." Mm -hmm. um, and if they if they're getting claim after claim after claim from uh, local shops, whether we're dent shops uh, or body shops, um, something has to change, right? But mm -hmm. nobody spends the time to sit down and do it. I have one shop here in Lafayette that has uh, a lawyer on retainer in their their body shop. And he has sued so many insurance companies that his his body shop has went to to total crap um, because the clients are scared to go to him because of all the, the horror stories. That's the but he he he. I mean, he's uh, what do you call that when they're like certified to work on like every single make and model, mm. um, I car certified, all that oh, stuff. Yeah. And and his body shop went to total crap because uh, the insurance companies just bad mouth the piss out of them to all the all the customers they, they, and they, they won that it's sad yeah it's sad yeah so i, I don't think i don't think we're at a point where we're going to get we're going to be able to get all the customers pay us up front for the repairs yeah. because they're just too scared they won't get reimbursed and to be quite honest they might not <laughs> yeah well, they, they might not yeah there there is a chance that they might not yeah yeah um so, so that's I, I find that um, an interesting thing. I also did um, it if you if I send an insurance if I send um, my estimate to an insurance company on Mobiltech RX and then they change it. This is the way I understand it in California, and then they change it to CCC one and tell me like I basically say like Hey, I'm going to take the uh, fender liner out and the headlight, and I'm going to push on all this dent that's 14 inches long through a body line or whatever and i give them a $1,500 estimate and they change it to refinish all that stuff then that's illegal they it can't do be. that it should be illegal so if i turn them in if we turn them in in california supposedly the insurance commissioner of california if you open a claim for for an issue like that they investigate every single one that's open they don't get pushed off they don't get brushed aside every single time which has been every insurance claim I've ever made, which is oh, probably yeah. about a hundred at this point now. More, more. Mm -hmm. I get, I do more and more each month. But if I send them insurance claim, here's my repair process, here's my price, and they come back with a completely different, uh, completely different language. There, it's their fault. So mm -hmm. I find that fascinating. But then again, we're small businesses. Like I have four or five people on my team. Like how, how am I getting? Like what am I going to go testify all this all the time, or whatever? Right. You know, it's like it's interesting. So it I don't know sure what the answer is. Um, we're just talking theories here, but mm -hmm. yeah. So no, is it, that the biggest problem? Is that the biggest problem you see with insurance companies? Is, is just this they 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 just only care about the dollar amount, and it should be the lowest dollar amount possible. Repair plan be damned. Repair quality be damned. Customer be damned. Anything. Yeah. Y yes. Absolutely. So have you yeah. guys have you guys read De Delay Deny Defend? No. No. Um, I need to though. 
it's it's, yeah. it's a little tough to get through. Yeah, for <laughs> I'm sure. not gonna lie, it's a little tough to get through. But it's got so much valuable information. I I'm not quite all the way finished with it because I take it in little chunks. But I take notes. I try to take notes as it pertains to the PDR industry. So when I do finish it, I'll send you guys my notes, and you'll have kind of the sparks. Oh, dude, hell yeah, dude! Notes. Tell me that. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll pay you for those notes. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So, but it's really interesting just kind of learning the process in general and when insurance companies started to change up mm -hmm. like pricing and 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 using it as a profit center claims as a profit center uh, and i've talked to paul a lot about this paul Corden a lot Wait, about using this. claims as a profit center as a profit center because or claims and premiums and all of that stuff because you know what, what happens when an insurance company gets premiums in it basically right. sits in this bank but they're able to use that those funds it's called the float it's why people like warren buffett really love investing in insurance companies right because they can use those premiums in the meantime while they're not paying out on claims they put them into investments and those investments are making more money on it as well which is why Historically speaking, insurance companies are some of the most profitable entities, especially the bigger ones are some of the most profitable companies, you know, like in the United States. So they have that money in, in investments. And so when you have adjusters and the people who in the, in the field who are incentivized to keep those claim costs down, it means that that money can stay in investments and continue to make more money for the insurance company, and, right? And what, one down and also delayed, like you just said. Yeah. That's yep. a big, that's could be a big one. If you could pay it six weeks later instead of now, that's like another eight percent, or you know, an eight percent. You got a couple more percent, and we're not talking mm -hmm. about um, on a hundred bucks. We're talking about on a billion, mm -hmm. <laughs> or yeah. a hundred million, or something, right? I don't know. Yeah, and, then, and yeah. so and so I learned this from Paul. I don't know where he learned it from, so take it with a grain of salt. But it would make a whole lot of sense, right? Yeah. My understanding is that. Uh, when an insurance company does say a claim is initially filed and the insurance company writes their preliminary estimate they're actually say it's two thousand dollars they're actually required it's a federal requirement that they have to pull three times that amount out of their investments to cover potential supplements so think about what the difference the difference in impact that a two thousand dollar initial estimate has which would be $6,000 coming out of investments sure, versus yeah, say right. a $5,000 estimate. If that's maybe closer to where it should be, that's $15,000 out of investments. That's massive. So the incentives are, there's definitely like a misalignment of incentives in the whole entire process and everything. Um, Interesting. That's crazy that they're able to do that. You know, like that's, that seems like all illegal mob stuff, right? Well, that's hey, where well, like bad faith and laws on bad faith estimates and you, people talk more about it saying, hey, this is ridiculous. This is a completely bad faith estimate. They didn't even use like photos or we provided them some photos and they're like, apparently they came up with an accurate estimate and they refused to send somebody out and so on and so forth. It's it's a mess. It's a mess. Um, so. And I'll just, just side note and we'll get into like just a country as a whole y'all know banks do that too right <laughs> is that a oh yeah well, well like yeah, fractional, fractional reserve like, banking yeah like that's why if you go to the silicon valley bank and then everybody all of a sudden wants to pull their money out they can't because <laughs> they only have to keep 10 percent of it yeah because the rest of it's invested in other things but mm -hmm. it's invested in other things that are tied up for 30 years like home loans so that's as a scary. side note it's not just yeah it's not just insurance companies that are doing it. Like this is a, yeah. this is a thing that the, our, our wonderful government has allowed companies to do. And mm -hmm. I'm sure they see no benefit from it. I'm sure they don't get anything on the back end in Washington yeah. for letting them do this. Absolutely not. Just throwing not. it out there. It's ridiculous. <laughs> just throwing it out there. Um, it would be nice to have lobbyists though for, for yeah. our industry, <laughs> it, like the insurance company does. It would be nice. Um, so that yeah. So that that I mean that's just. If you guys have not had this conversation with other bank guys, um, that could pretty well catch you up on on kind of the relationship between repair shops and insurance and what you're kind of fighting for and and yeah. why, why we're doing it. I mean, every time I do it and I'm fighting, I feel like I'm trying to change the system just a little bit, like turn the boat just a tiny bit by getting it done properly for the customer. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Well, this is all good stuff for you to know to be able to relate to the customer because customers have no dude they don't even if know you what don't, if you don't know the customer right. sure doesn't know. they don't even know what a comprehensive policy is yeah mm -hmm. like they have no clue so when you start when they leave your shop and they feel like they they like a, a master at insurance claims they're, they're on your side 100 mm -hmm. that's that's a 
phenomenal point because I, I would say every one of my insurance claims that I've had recently is like, come to the shop because I do mobile anime and shop repair. So I'm like, come to the shop. We're going to talk about it. And I'm going to talk about this whole thing. And I'm like, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to give you an estimate. And then the insurance company is going to come back and they're going to do a couple things. They're going to want to be lower than mine. Okay. Because they don't want to spend money. Right. They want to pay the least mm-hmm. amount of money. And they're like, that makes sense. Of course they want to spend the least amount of money. Right. I've been paying them for 15 years and now I make one claim and they don't want to, you know, yeah. yeah right. Touch on that <laughs> subject because you're going to be right every time. They're going to come back and be like, guess what? They gave you half the price. Um, and then the next thing is they're going to try to send them to the correct, to, to, uh, they're not going to steer, preferred, right? Preferred, they're not going to refer them, refer them to their preferred body shop. And I'll ask the customer, those, one of those two things will happen, probably both. And I'll, I'll let you guess why, the, why would the insurance company want you to go to their preferred shop, right? Cause it's going to be less money than I'm getting charged. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. why, cause they have a deal worked out. I'll send you 150 cars a month through the Geico claim and you just do it for half the price. I don't mm-hmm. care how you fix the car. It doesn't matter. Just like fucking spray. You don't need a blend, nothing. Just mm-hmm. I'll send you 150 cars. You do it for half the price or 60% of what it really should be for. And then everybody wins except for the customer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I tell, yeah, I tell customers, uh, DRPs are controlled by the insurance companies. So the insurance companies are actually the ones coming up with the repair plans for your car. And they don't have no clue how to repair a car. Yep. So then the customer's like, oh, I don't want my car going over there. You know, if the insurance company is trying to tell them how to repair my car. If you right? took your car, if, if you took your car to the mechanic to fix it and they were the one that's supposed to pay for it, do you think they'd do the best thing possible or just enough to make your car <laughs> leave the shop? Right. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Because that's what a DRP is. Like you're going to ask, like, cool, how much is it worth to fix? Oh, the cheapest, cheapest possible aftermarket mm-hmm. parts, but whatever. So and yeah. that's the fascinating thing, like having these cuff conversations with customers you can build their trust really quickly 10 minute conversation builds the trust really yeah. really quickly in my opinion there, there's we, what is it that, there's what is it that billy says i think it's billy that says it. it's like don't let the person who owes you money tell you, tell how, you much how much money, money they, they owe you yeah it's billy wakowiak i if you if you haven't heard it's probably like what five podcasts ago ryan Brew, yeah. four five something like that something like that yeah i don't know i called you ryan Brew. uh because mm-hmm. we interviewed so many ryans for a while there i didn't use really <laughs> I have two um, Ryans on my team. Actually, I have three Ryans yeah, exactly. on my team. It's like the most popular name in America, I think. <laughs> it is. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah, if you didn't listen to that, go listen to that. That was four or five episodes ago on the Master Recon, Billy Wachowiak. He does say that. Um, don't let the person who owes you money tell you much, how much money they owe you, which, which is about the most logical yeah. thing you can think of. Right. Um, it will, I, I will. So as I learned more about this, though, and maybe Billy didn't understand California, but he he said it was totally fine to like say right in collision ccc like a body shop and then s- sign the forms you know direction of pay and what i'm going to do all that stuff i'm doing payments there yeah. but I, I don't know about that anymore we have a separate uh paul Corden actually helped me out with that but having a form for direction of pay and then have a form for a repair plan um, right but like, and i, I love the word that, repair though, plan then mm-hmm. if estimate says that and you do a repair plan they're not the same and someone looks into it how do you but it what, says how do you our, our repair plan states that it states that we are going to be converting conventional repairs into paintless dent repair and they sign it and we talk to the customer all about it and let them know exactly because they'll just sign whatever right but you really have to let these people know because if there's a phone call that has to be had on that because yeah. they'll get in they'll get the um the email back from the insurance company showing their estimate and then they look at your invoice and they're like, oh, wait a minute, you didn't cut my roof off or you blah, blah, blah. I know, that's and what we're about. That's just yeah. because we didn't have that conversation with the customer about the repair plan on what we're going to do with that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's that's why I think I was, I think I, I think I helped him. It was when we were working in Rapid City when we, when we came up with that direction to pay authorization to repair direction to pay form that has those different sections describing yeah. we may convert a conventional repair. And I have that from you, actually, I realized you put it on your Facebook page and I took it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's an agreement and that's where most states it's up. It's between yeah. the, the repair facility and the vehicle owner on how the car gets fixed. Cause if you think about it, the vehicle owners always owe the money when they have a loss, but they are not required to get that car fixed. The insurance company is responsible for reimbursing them for the loss. So when the insurance company agrees to a certain purchase uh, price, for that loss that's been incurred, then the vehicle owner gets to decide if they want to get it fixed, how they want to get it fixed, where they want to get it fixed, so if on and so forth. 
Well, it's actually up to the finance company as well. I don't know why insurance companies stopped writing checks to customers in the insurance company. I mean, the uh, in the finance company. The holder, yeah. Right, because it's really up to the. They don't own that car. It's not their vehicle. So if you have a the, loan on it, which right, the finance company is going to want that thing repaired, and they're going to want to repair it at the best place possible, right? Mm-hmm. Or the best way. They don't care about the money. They're not paying for it. But yep. if they if that customer stops paying a note on it and they have to go buy that car or send it to an auction, yeah, they want it's, it's 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 like band-aid together because the insurance company wanted to go to DRP, then the yep. the and the finance company's out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually you mentioned that the other day, and we just we've almost been talking for an hour and we totally forgot. That's the fourth person in the equation, too. Because like mm-hmm. it's not just the three triangle, it's a yeah, there's right. the there's the fourth person, which I don't know. I, I'm gonna just throw it in I complete guess 90 percent, 95 percent of people have loans in their cars 90 percent. Mm-hmm. i don't know it's probably close to that probably know, a lot of people, yeah. especially ones that are getting fixed mm-hmm. the ones that are getting fixed it's very very high because they're they're expensive vehicles obviously yeah. um and so yeah that's the that's the call that needs to happen you need to get the you need to get the customer on the line the insurance company and the bank mm-hmm. and be like hey um wells fargo the uh, insurance company doesn't want to get the car fixed properly right how do you feel about that how do, how do you, i like that how do you feel about that <laughs> not, not that that can happen i don't know the, the the guy at wells fargo in the front desk is not going to know what to do. <laughs> yeah he's gonna but, be like why are you talking to me that is but maybe if they're if they're 90 if they make up 90 percent of the people that are we're actually supposed to be working for then why can't we get them to lobby for us why can't we make phone calls to them right they'd be like look man this would be interesting in the world i haven't put a lot of thought into that before so never, that could be never, let's yeah. go there's my partner on something <laughs> yeah, yeah like, they change the stuff right here let's no go. i mean dead, dead seriously though like if you own the vehicle like because you, you, you're the bank and you have the loan on it that's your vehicle until further notice until all the all the payments are made you you, you have an, a controlling interest in making sure that that vehicle is fixed properly mm-hmm. so that and I want to fix paintless. No, repair, see, right? here's the here's yeah. the problem though. Here's the problem. They're getting money, their money anyways, whether it's fixed properly or not. They're still making payments on it. If it gets totaled, they're underwater. They, they still it doesn't matter. It, yeah, how many people in the U.S. Um, fault on their loans? Yeah, I mean, obviously that, not ninety percent. Does that have to do? Does that have to do with repair? Yeah, say if say say if I stopped paying the note on my truck and I went to an insurance company uh, or I, I made a claim and I let some crappy DRP paint the whole side of my truck and then I stopped paying the note on it. Right, they, they come re- the they, they repo it, my truck and then they yeah, send yeah. it to an auction yeah. and then the auction block doesn't even give because a Carfax is going to be on right, there. Right, then right, people right. are going to start looking at it. They yeah. there is a huge potential that they can lose money on a lot of money i I doubt that that happens uh enough but it's still something for them to be like yeah man i think you're right like we need to make sure these cars are repaired Mm -hmm. properly and i'd be curious to to talk to like a like i i know there's some smaller banks around here i'd be curious to talk to the owner you know or or ceo of the small bank and be like hey here's the what do you think about this they probably have 20 million dollars in auto loans or something you know or whatever the property i'm buying i'm actually we're, we're with the actual owners of the bank so i'm gonna act, i'm gonna ask him um at our closing how does that work yeah. that'd be so, interesting yeah yeah that's a whole not that's a whole other a whole other thing thrown in there yeah um, well i mean bottom line is like you you know i don't understand this fully right ryan, ryan doesn't understand it fully but out of the three of us Noah understands the most he's the one Staying up late, highlighting delayed, and I defend first of all. So. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so as far as like using dead ops, obviously, like we're gonna have all the discussion and stuff. But like, you're on the, you're probably one of the most knowledgeable people about the situation because you're running a company with twenty people doing it. Um, I'd rather have you writing my estimates than potentially hiring someone myself paying four to five hundred dollars a month for ccc learning how to use ccc and then writing it myself and still not even probably being as good at it as you are yeah um and so all those reasons like you know the reason being and it's simple like you don't have to hire the person you just like the last estimate i sent you i say like at like six o'clock at night like 8 a.m the next morning it was like boom i was like that is crazy dude yeah, yeah. we keep we keep it pretty quick we, we yeah. say last year when we launched 
we actually paused signups for a while. I remember that because you're like, yeah, oh. because because we had a lot of people come on board uh, really quickly, and and I never never want to compromise like the quality of service and turnaround and everything. We we're like, hey, we got to pause, and it was so funny because. I'd announced the pause. Paul has been like really fantastic for helping us to gain traction. Yeah. And then yeah. we've been rolling since then. So I was like, oh man, they're going to have to pause sign us. I was like, give back a little bit. I'm going to only post on Paul's Facebook page on his group <laughs> yeah. and say, hey, we have to pause sign us, but I'm going to give one day. Anybody else who wants to sign up, even if you don't have anything to like use us Just, for yeah. right now, I'm going to give you the opportunity to sign up. We had like 15 shops sign up just in I that. I think I was. I was in that, in that <laughs> yeah. um, or no, I, maybe I did one before. I don't remember, but I remember seeing that. And I was like, oh shit, I want to make sure I'm uh, involved. Yeah. In yeah. We had, and it was well, not like people were like, oh, use scarcity for marketing. No, absolutely not. <laughs> we were pretty much tapped out. <laughs> and I was like, all right. This is, and I was like, wow. But it did work though. Well, but it did work though. Yeah. <laughs> it did work. It did work for sure. But so we awesome. paused for a month. And during that month, we went on a hiring spree and a training spree yeah. and just started training uh more people into the process into the system shifting things around so we can handle it and then you know came out of it ever since then we've been we've made sure to keep a strong margin uh between like our capacity and like how much work we actually have coming in on average right. so that we can not i don't yeah. want to be in that <laughs> it was a, yeah. a lot of pressure it was fantastic great yeah. problem to have but, but those are sleepless nights for sure i mean one of the biggest problems you can have in a small business is growing too fast then yeah. you're letting, then you're letting everybody down i mean that's that's the biggest problem Okay, so do you ever plan on <laughs> negotiating all my insurance claims for me? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we do. We do. So we that's cool. So claim, yeah. so so you started out scrubbing estimates. I send it to you, you scrub it, you you increase it, and you give me a CCC one. Now claim due, mm -hmm. is that right? Claim due? Yep. yep. Claim, claim due, due, you um you scrub it and then you also follow up with recorded phone calls, emails up to four times a day, um, a couple other things to get the insurance company to like the squeaky wheel gets the grease essentially yes, for the insurance 100%. company. So that's the next level, but you're still not like, you know, the insurance company is going to not going to call you and be like, why did you write it this way? And you're going to have a conversation and then justify it and all that stuff. So you're not yeah. doing that yet, but you plan on it. Not yet. We we started testing it out. We had some success, but what we found in a good portion of the, we only want, I only want to put something out there that's like great, that's fantastic. I, I want to make a good name for my business, right? I'm not just this is it's not like a money grab, but we tested out doing full service end to end claims management, and there were too many things that we couldn't handle as a virtual company, such as the insurance adjuster asking to come inspect the vehicle. Like we don't have any control of where the vehicle's at. The, uh, the insurance adjuster saying that they want to also hop on a call with the vehicle owner, the customer, or they want to talk to the customer first. We don't have that kind of communication built in yet for customers and, and helping to facilitate those processes or the adjuster asking for additional photos or documentation. There's just, there's just a number of things that we couldn't handle that it made it so that maybe 30% of the time we couldn't effectively manage that claim. And that's just too big of a, a, of a, a, a portion for us to like take on to kind of like guarantee results, I guess. So instead we scaled that back a little bit and we fo started focusing on the submissions aspect of things and not just submissions, but like making sure insurance is actually doing something. Cause what, what we found was we had a, a number of partners who were like, oh man, we love denops. We love the estimates and everything, but I have like five of them that I just haven't had a chance to submit to insurance yet. We're like, well, it's not going to do you any good if they don't even have it. We want to get right. the ball in their court. We want them to have to do something about it. And then for us to just have to be following up and seeing where it's at. But then how many times have you been in a situation or, or anybody who's listening been in a situation where you, you send your estimate photos, documentation to the insurance company, and you're like, okay, cool. I did my job. I did my thing. And then a week later, two weeks later, you follow like, up with them. You're like, hey, where's my approval? And they're like, hey, we don't have anything from you. Right. What are you talking about? Like, that's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> so we said, okay, how can we solve a few problems while still moving in this direction of full end-to-end -end claims management in a scalable way? Could we do it for a few shops? Absolutely. But I don't want to do it for a few shops. I want to do it for all the shops. So we start doing where we have, uh, we'll submit the claim. We do what's called a situation report, which is we we ask the insurance company, hey, what's happened so far? Do you have a preliminary estimate? Have you issued payment to anybody? Can we get that payment 
uh, issue a stop pay and reissue the payment to the shop. Here's the authorization form from the from the repair facility. So, you know, in fact, this is all above board. Uh, and then where do we submit all of this information to? We have a running database for every insurance company that we work with in order to figure out what's the best process for submitting claims. So if we find any back doors, for example, like when you're trying to deal with USAA or Nextera, for example, mm -hmm. if we find any back doors, like of course, we're going to use that as many times as we can until we find a better process for it. Uh, and then we, we submit everything to the insurance company follow up a couple hours later and say hey did you get everything and if get that confirmation they're like okay cool just wanted to make sure and then we'll follow up up to four times a day between like two and four times a day every single day and so we get a confirmation from the insurance company or the adjuster whoever it is that they're actually doing something with the estimate they're looking at it now they're reviewing it they're comparing it to their estimate and so ideally the next thing that happens from that point is you're getting a call from the insurance adjuster because the claim has moved forward, but it eliminates a lot of those like, hey, we never got anything or like your photos weren't, you know, they didn't come through. We weren't able to open them. We try to eliminate all of those things that cost time because at the end of the day, we're trying to fix cars. So that's right. 250, 250 bucks. That's a hundred dollars so, for the claim. Yeah. It's a hundred We made it a hundred dollars. Yeah. And we record every single phone call. And when we give, when we hand it back over to you, our handoff process back to you, we give you a document that has all of the claim details. So one page, you got all of the claim. I shouldn't say one page. It can be multiple pages long sometimes. Right. Depends. All depends. The, claims, <laughs> the insurance adjusters point of contact where if you want to submit a supplement, we can submit supplements. Or if you want to submit a supplement yourself, here's where you submit it to. We have recommended next steps based on all the conversations with uh, that we've had with insurance. And then we actually, every single phone call that we've had with them, we have a recording link to that phone call and we have a summary. So even if the phone call was 20 minutes long, you've got like an easy little one paragraph summary that you can see all the important things that happened um, in that in that conversation. We hand that all back to, over to you and then we're like, hey, cool, Corey, you can take this from here. Here's our recommended next steps. And so that's pretty good, dude. That or, or that's a lot of value for a hundred. Yeah, it, that's a, that we don't just offer that for denops estimates we can do any type of estimates so if somebody's using mobile tech or x they're like i don't need to get this scrubbed we can do mobile tech or x we can do dentmate we can do blah 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 so on and so forth but i will say it works a lot better with denops estimates um, sure so if so if i okay customer comes in i'm like hey mr customer like here's a situation i can't fix it but this is my my what I'm kind of going sure. through with people. And this happens more and more every day because people are sending this big stuff that I used to be like, go to my shop. And now I'm like, Whoa. Yeah, I for, the right for the right <laughs> price. Yeah, right? Right. Like, yeah exactly. For, for what I felt like was like a thousand dollars is kind of like my limit before. And I felt like if I can't do over a thousand, I don't really want to. But now I'm like, hey, drop it off in four days, $3,000. I've done several of those now. Non hail, non hail stuff. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, they come in, I'm looking at it, I'm like, hey, Mr. Customer for sure in the thousands like mm -hmm. I, I can give you the estimate it's going to take some time i actually use an outside company to help me write all that stuff but for sure thousands so here's what we do i'm going to get all your info i'm going to get the information i'm going to take the pictures four corners bin odometer pictures of the dent um i'm going to have you sign that i'm going to have you sign uh direction to pay uh which you've given people for free if i, if I yeah I'm saying, yeah, have you signed that? Which I've been forgetting to do. I need to make that part of the system. Have you signed authorization to pay, et cetera? And then send that to you. You you can scrub it. You can scrub it in CC1, but then convert it back to Mobile Tech RX and then submit back it to, to insurance. Or excuse me, back to PDR, which is Mobile Tech RX. Or you could you just do sublet line. It's in still CCC. in CCC. Yeah, it's still in, in sublet CCC. line. Okay. Okay. So you put something like sublet, you know, yep. PDR instead of refinishing repairing or something yeah like yeah exactly okay. cool so so i do that with the customer i send that stuff into you um and then with the claim due so that's that's 250 150 to scrub 100 to claim due correct 250 to scrub and then scrub. claim 100 dollars for claim due yeah. okay so 350 bucks for you so you scrub it find find what i miss and honestly i'm missed on purpose because i'm just going to take pictures i'm going to put a quick price of debt in there like yeah. 13 inches, blah, blah. I don't care. I'm going to pay you to do it anyways, right? Mm -hmm. Send it to you. You scrub it, turn it into CC1, turn it back to PDR, show a discount, and submit it to the insurance company for me until mm -hmm. they look at it. Whoa. Request something from me if you need more from me, a picture or something mm -hmm. like that. And then, and then 
follow up. Hey, we're done. Follow yeah. up with them, and they would sell. That that's the that's the process. I yeah. can do that. Everybody can do that. You yeah. should just you should either get a phone call from the adjuster or you should get an email with a, a supplement from, that's like dead yeah. on, you know, pretty damn close to what or or or, no, or, or somebody from DenOps contacting us saying we need more information. But if you get if I get well, I'm just going through this for myself and you all get to listen, you can just copy what I'm doing. I'm just being a little selfish here. Sorry about that. It's my podcast. Right. It's our podcast. We do it well. Yeah, that's right. Four, four, four corners of the vehicle, odometer, thin, pictures of the damage. Mm -hmm. I think that's it. And then send it to you. Oh, and have them sign authorization to pay. Yeah. And it's not it. required, but it's very helpful. And for you to kind of cover your ass, very valuable. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if I do all that and I take that and inside of Mobile Tech RX, I just like hit email and I send it to DenOps, somewhere at DenOps, I haven't written down. Yeah. And then say, hey, I want you to scrub and do plain do or whatever. Boom. Yeah, you don't even have to. So, so we're built kind of like a software as a service. You sign up like you're signing up for any kind of an app. You right. set your profile to prefer like, hey, we will we like things scrubbed. When we send something to DenOps, just we scrub. We want to scrub it, right? You set your profile like that. So when right. you on your side of things, after you do all that stuff in Mobile Tech or X, you email it to us. Translated DenOps.com is like an automated email, and yep. we just do all the maps on the back end from there. We do we do all of the stuff from there. We yeah. give you the estimate back when we're finished with it. You're like, hey, this looks fantastic. I don't have time to submit this. You do it for us. We literally, you click a link that's in that email. You click, I want claim to submit this for me. You click submit and we're already submitting that thing for you. So it's so you, you, you very say, say translate, you scrub it, $250 bill. And yep. I said, okay, I'm good. Or and then I send it back and say, uh, submit for me and then you're like okay cool and then another hundred dollars and the yep. card's already in there so you're just billing me and i'm just like yeah i get yep, it that's exactly. fantastic dude i need to do this way more often <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. and we're always here. helping people too like yeah, I no, I just, I, people always are like, "Hey, man, I know you're super busy. I love talking to shops. I mean, I travel doing it for a long time. Like, yeah. I, the, the, you know how it is. This is a community, right? So, That's killer, dude. That's killer. we're always always working with people and answering questions. And like I told you on the call, Corey, like, yeah. we're not built to say this is how you use Dentops. We're a tool. If you figure out different ways to use our service, fantastic. And we even there are lots of things that we've implemented that have been suggestions." from a lot of the shops that we work with, which we're working with over 230 shops now, but there's been suggestions or there've been people that's like, hey, do you think that this might work? And I'm like, I don't know, but if you wanna send an estimate through, we'll pay for it, we'll cover the cost yeah. and we'll try it out and just let me know if it works. And if it works well, like, hey, we'll build this as a feature functionality and we'll apply it across everybody. So it's literally like people are making, helping to make our shop. If, if you wanna do a test, if you wanna do a test run, you don't have to pay several hundred dollars. You can reach out to you and be like hey can we try this and you'll be like sure yeah. i'll try it for you yeah and absolutely. if it doesn't work you're not out for any bucks if it does work maybe you change the way that yeah. denops works okay exactly so if we're doing the in any version of this like how do you you don't need a claim number but for our sake if we want the likelihood that the repair goes through we should have a claim number yeah like before the customer even comes in yes or before i submit it to denops you should get a give me the I'll say give me the claim number and I'll do everything. I'll yes, do we actually have just in general, just as kind of standard operating, whether you use DenOps or not. Like my yeah. recommendation for like if you're going to go through any kind of a process, spend time, yeah, spend time on somebody with the claim is that that should be an insurance claim, right? Is that they have a claim number, they have signed authorization to repair direction to pay forms, not just because it's a great cover your ass type of a thing, but it's also a psychological commitment right yes. they signed something and then they serious. should be on your schedule if they're if the card's not dropped off they should be on your schedule those are three high commitment things actions that a customer has taken that is a strong indication that you're going to get that like that, that that's, claim. that's no. worth paying claim due or paying done up to do the thing and all that stuff like yeah. are, are are some going to fall apart yes mm -hmm. but potentially but if you have claim number off to pay on the schedule it's way less likely yeah way less likely at that point like for uh, for we have a lot of shops that once we launch claim to they're like oh man let's we're gonna do the whole yeah, thing yeah, like the whole yeah. thing it's it's awesome yeah. so um but we get up front having that authorization form the claim number photos um 
the insurance company, obviously we have that up front, then there's no, we will not need any more information from you by the time we like to get through that entire process, except for your approval to say, Hey, we like the estimate. And the only reason for that is because I don't ever want a write an estimate. I don't want DenOps to write an estimate and we royally screw up on something. We have two QA steps built into our entire process. So it's very, very rare, but I want you to be the final eyes on that estimate and say, yeah, I like that. There's no problems there because you're the one who has to deal with the fallout. And, I, and for you to say, hey, this is great. All right, send it through to claim due. And, and then that's the only thing that we'd need, you know, assuming we have those other four items. Okay, yep. killer. That's a fantastic explanation. Mm -hmm. I think you'll get more signups. And um, <laughs> I can't wait till you handle everything for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're working hard. We're working hard. We're constantly, awesome. I mean, we have like, three or four major projects in development right now as we've grown out like we have other operators in place so we can work on more solutions at the same time um to, to you know roll them out we're trying to build an ecosystem of stuff that's, so that's killer dude i think you're doing a great job i mean i've only been a little bit and i know ryan's got a lot more and um thumbs up thumbs up for my end so far off my like half a dozen yeah. <laughs> i appreciate it for sure yeah so. so cool man you got anything else you want to add before before wrap up i think about, about an hour or so it's usually uh, attention span so i yeah yeah for sure i guess the, the last thing is if anybody's coming to mte uh or if you're not planning currently i would strongly consider because it's just really awesome it's an it's a fantastic experience for networking but also for visiting some of the vendors and the the just the people in the community it's a really awesome community if you're coming down to mte definitely come and visit us in our booth we'll have some really cool stuff that we're going to be revealing that's that i think will also be game changers and add to what we're already doing well, um, damn, he's freaking calling out game changers. <laughs> it's October, bro. Yeah, no, man, we're he's we're calling always, game changers already. We're always, man. I, I'm not kidding you. When we launch something, we've probably yeah. been working on it for six plus months by the time yeah. we launch it. So, like Claim Do, we started working on it in February, and we just launched it. So, like, yeah. we want to make sure it's good. So, we we have a lot of stuff in process. Be there at, at, at MTE um, to, to announce a, a lot of stuff. I'm also going to be speaking at MTE during Education Day with Paul on actually workflow, um, not not really just estimates, but workflow in general, winning with workflow. And then also, if anybody who's coming to MTE, if you want to come one day prior, we're going to be at the Keeping It Real. Uh, Randy Hobson has a bass fishing tournament. Uh, we're going to be there. It's going to be a super, super fun time. Uh, super low key nice. and uh, it'll be cool to hang out and it's going to be awesome to, to see other people. So I'd love That's to awesome. see, love to see you guys. Yeah. I will, I will second, I'm going to NT. Um, I will second um, going um, just for conversations like this. I know you could hear some of it on the podcast, but there's a lot of these conversations that happen with mm -hmm. multiple different perspectives of dank guys. I know if you feel expensive, probably costs a couple thousand bucks, fly over there, stay there. Drink 52 beers. They're expensive. I get it. Um, not that you have, no, um, but, uh, th th these kind of, this kind of information, um, this kind of stuff you're getting, bringing that back to home and implementing it will make you mm -hmm. way more than you're ever going to spend at MTE. Uh, it took me a few years to convince myself of that too. Um, I've only been probably going for four years, even though it's been going, it's been going off to 20 or something like that. So I was victim to that too. Like, I don't know. It's like. Plus you add in how many days you're away and that costs money, whatever. It's worth it. Plain and simple. It's worth it. Um, things happen. Ryan, Ryan and I became podcast hosts essentially together after the last MTE um, and meeting with Restore FX who sponsored the podcast and, and things like that. So um, things have happened. <laughs> you never know what you're going to come out of with. Yeah. I say uh, M MTE for me, I I've said it every year, every time I've gone, uh, February and March are my highest producing months just because yeah. I come back home and I'm implementing all the things that I've learned. And it's just all my guys say it. They're like, dude, every time you come back, it's like you're changing stuff for the better in the shop. It's mm. it's, it's awesome. So I wouldn't miss it for the world, even yeah. though I missed it last year. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Unless you're in the hospital. You're unless you're in the hospital that changes yeah. things <laughs> all right man well that's what's up thanks for coming yeah. on absolutely thanks, thanks for having me it's been it's yeah. been awesome and so uh yeah i appreciate you letting me come on uh come on the, the show absolutely until the next one yeah exactly till the next one i'll come yeah. on anytime see ya <laughs> we'll see ya